You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. As we step into February, we're diving into a special series aligning with Black History Month in the U.S. This month is a dedicated celebration recognizing the vital contributions and achievements of African Americans throughout history. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with James Howard, the Executive Director of the Black Inventors Hall of Fame. James is a college professor, design historian, entrepreneur, industrial designer, inventor, and restaurateur. He brings over 25 years of experience as a design professor and has authored a course on design thinking and design history that explores the impact of design on society. James is an experienced inventor himself with 20 patents to his name. His latest venture is Entrepreneurial U, Morris County's first school of design thinking. Welcome, James. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I'm really excited to have you here because we're going to talk about the Black Inventors Hall of Fame. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with the Black Inventors Hall of Fame, could you provide a brief historical context on why the stories of Black inventors have often been overlooked and what motivated the establishment of the Hall of Fame? Yes. In fact, the Black Inventors Hall of Fame is a 501c3 nonprofit entity uh, that originated in 2021, and it came on the throes, throes of COVID. Uh, I was being interviewed by a local uh, television station on my history as a professor and as a design historian, as an inventor and so forth. And the host moderator at the end of the taping and ask the question of all questions. He says, James, you know so much about the history of black inventors and you're an inventor and so forth and so forth. He asked, have you ever thought about opening up a black inventors hall of oh, fame? Wow. Yes. Yes. So that was sort of like the, the starting point where the idea first set into my mind. Uh, and, um, and the candidates, believe it or not, was actually an evening that I was, uh, spending in ShopRite supermarket right here in New Jersey. Yeah. It was a late night where I was shopping probably for a late night snack and I'm standing in the line, uh, you know, waiting behind folks. And I suddenly see, uh, on the magazine rack, you know, that they have at the counters, Time Magazine issue, 2016, Time Magazine issue, a special issue that says, America's top 100 inventors. So naturally, I'm excited, and I grab the magazine, and I start thumbing thumbing through it. But prior to opening it up, there appeared all of the big names that you would think of, the Edisons, the Teslas, the Alexander Graham Bells, and the Henry Fords, all of these faces on the front cover. I'm thinking to myself, all right, fine, I'll open it up, and at least I'll see maybe George Washington Carver, maybe Elijah Jenkins, maybe Louis Latimer. And I thumbed through it from front to end and not a single black face. So naturally, wow. I'm growing despondent. So I place it back up on the shelf and I go about my, I go home and I could not sleep. 
So I unfolded myself from my bed at two in the morning and I went back this time to purchase the magazine. And I took time to look through it more thoroughly this time. And on the very bottom of the magazine, in the smallest possible pictures and the smallest possible captions were two black innovators that could both pass for white. So now my level of frustration is doubling down now because I'm saying to myself, wow, not only did they have a single black face in there that was actually a black inventor, they had the audacity to put the two <laughs> black innovators who could both pass for white. And so that was really something that sort of stuck with me for uh, four years until I was asked that question uh, by the TV moderator four years hence during COVID. And so I connected the dots, you know, a little later after he asked that question. And four months later, I was opening up Black in Venezuela Fame, um, 501c3. Now, you asked one of your other questions in there was, why do I think it's so important to reveal the rich history of Black inventors? Well, the truth of the matter is, it is the most oppressed, the most suppressed, the most forgotten, and the most often untold, you know, story in the annals of American history, the Black innovator. And I thought to myself, 28 days a, uh, a year in the month of February simply is not enough time. This story needs to be immortalized. So what I am doing, Lisa, is I am designing and building the country's only museum designed exclusively for immortalizing the pioneering genius of African-American inventors for the past 400 years. Oh, wow. That's quite the undertaking. And you're absolutely right, because there are so many examples, not only during slavery, where, you know, there were a lot of inventions that slaves made that their their owners took credit for. And then for a long period of time, I know Black inventors or black inventors couldn't be named as inventors on patent applications um, until we had they some weren't considered citizens, so they were not allowed to exactly. Own that's right. They were not considered citizens, so they weren't allowed to be inventors. So there is a lot that we as a country are missing from black inventors just because of the way the history has unfolded. So I think that's phenomenal that you are taking this initiative. I'm sure it's uh, quite the undertaking just even to find all the information. Uh, yes, and, and that's fun. On a day-to-day -day basis, I am uncovering something new. And this is a story that literally and figuratively can be told from A to Z. I'd like to just cite two such examples for you. Did you know that there was an African-American pioneer by the name of Charles Frederick Page who actually attained a patent on an airship device before the Wright brothers? Wow, I did not know that story. That's aviation, right? Also, did you know that one of the earliest pioneers in this country in studying the cognitive qualities of animals happened to be an African-American man by the name of Charles Henry Turner, who was both a zoologist and a psychologist. You have aviation, you have zoology, and everything in between over these past 400 years. And both of these gentlemen perfected their crafts during the late 19th century. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing story to be uh, told, and we're going to do it in a uh, quite an amazing facility, uh, the museum itself. So, 
That's fantastic. How are you just really quickly, how are you finding and gathering all your information? Because like you said, you're covering an incredible span of time. Uh, it's a daily day visual. And I do have an amazing staff. My assistant, Ellie Adams, who is a former student of mine. She studied industrial design under me many, many years ago. Uh, she is my uh, assistant, uh, one of my assistant curators and and so forth. And I also have another student who is the sister of another former uh, student. And she, too, uh, we're on the phones. We're constantly researching. You just have to simply remain open. And because people sort of look to me as somewhat of the authority in this area, they oftentimes will send me information that's thinking that, you know, perhaps you're not aware of this or maybe this can help you. And that story, by the way, on Charles Frederick Page, the aviation pioneer, I was not aware of his story. One of my board members sent me a link on him on Christmas Day. What a Christmas gift, really. He sent it to me on Christmas Day, and it has since taken off. I've already contacted the historian, uh, Michael Wynn. I was just on a, a Zoom call with him yesterday, along with Charles Frederick Page's grandson, Joseph Page, and we're going to put forth an initiative to not only uproot his story, crystallize his story, immortalize his story, we're going to actually recreate this airship. We're going to literally build it. And let me tell you why that's important. Because Charles Frederick Page represented the epitome of the notion of black inventors wanting to seek franchise and lift themselves up, right, out of their communities and uplift themselves and support their families and everything. He had a vision for that. So what did he do? He sent his airship model off to the St. Louis World's Fair, right? And it disappeared. It never got there. The winner of that particular aviation competition would have won, I believe it was $500,000, which was a lot of money at that time. So he, he was in pursuit of riches. And yet when he sent it off, it never got there. And to this day, it is a mystery as to what happened to Charles Frederick Page's wow. airship. That's a great story. Yeah. That's really, really neat. And I know one of the things that you're doing with the Hall of Fame is you are inducting extraordinary black inventors every year. So could you highlight a couple of inductees and some of their innovative contributions for us? Um, uh, yes, indeed. I'm going to highlight a few of the past and close with the present. In the past, I have highlighted one of the gentlemen that did, in fact, appear in the magazine cover that I told you viewers about earlier, right? And I was remiss in not mentioning who those two men were. And trust me, their recognition is noteworthy. Uh, and the two were Dr. Daniel Hal Williams, all right, uh, one of the first uh, Americans, in, in, in fact, one of the first men in the world to conduct a successful open heart surgery, right, at Providence Hospital in Chicago. And the other was Dr. Charles Drew, who invented the blood bank system and offered that to the world. So it turns out I inducted Dr. Charles Drew as one of my initial inductees back in 2021 on the uh, 100th commemorative anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre from 1921. Uh, and we were down in Tulsa. So I had the pleasure and honor of inducting Dr. Charles Drew. I also inducted 
the gentleman that I regard as the most prolific and important African-American inventor to date, and that is Granville T. Woods. Okay, so I inducted him. And he he invented all sorts of things related to transportation and technology, as well as telecommunications. The induction telegraph, which Thomas Edison actually sued him not once but twice, and Granville T. Woods prevailed each time. Uh, he also invented the third rail, which allows subway trains to operate and so forth. Uh, so I inducted him. And then the third person I inducted is a recent past individual, and that's Dr. Patricia Bath. And Dr. Patricia Bath, I happen to be good friends with her daughter, um, Erica Bath. Dr. Patricia Bath invented the laser faculty, which revolutionized the way to treat glaucoma uh, incidents. And the present are three remarkable individuals that I keep in a uh, constant uh, contact with even to this day. I inducted my good friend, Dr. Lonnie Johnson, the inventor of the super soaker. Yes, he's very well known and kids all over the place are very thankful for him. (laughs) And I also had the pleasure of inducting uh, my good friend, Mark Dean and uh, Mark Dean happens to have four of the nine core patents associated with the IBM personal computer. And I also inducted one of the oldest living legends we have in our community today, Dr. Gladys West, who I affectionately regard as the mother of GPS technology. Now, if I can just do a little sidebar here and get back to reinforcing the importance of getting the story right. It's important that people in our community, black, white, and indifferent, you have to understand, blacks did not invent everything. But what we did is we contributed so much and the depths of our contributions, that is what has been lessened. That's what's been suppressed, right? So when you look at an article online today, on the inventors of GPS, you will typically come across three faces, okay? And there's three white men who have all contributed mightily, absolutely mightily, uh, but you won't see Gladys West, right? You won't see it at all. But the truth of the matter is, it was her mathematical modeling of the shape of the earth that allowed the Air Force to transfer GPS technology into these things and into your careers things like that. So what I do is I recognize her as an innovator who contributed, you know, mightily to this game-changing technology. And that's why the Hall of Fame is so important. Yeah, to get those stories out there and immortalize them. And and they and they will and that immortalization will manifest itself in the building of the museum. If you if you don't mind, I can segue directly into that now. Absolutely. Okay. The museum is scheduled to be open in 2026, and it will be a 38,000-square-foot building. That's impressive. Yeah. It will comprise four major uh, exhibition halls, and I've even named all the halls. I've named uh, my medical hall, uh, medical science hall. I've named that the Dr. Patricia Bath uh, Medical Hall of Medical Science. My telecommunications hall uh, and technology hall, I've named that the Granville T. Woods. And my transportation hall, I named after an agricultural science, I named after Elijah 
Jay McCoy. Uh, so these uh, these halls will basically tell the story. It will comprise artifacts, it will comprise digital material, material, culture material, and so forth, reenactments. I'm going to have this very neat technology uh, called Scrim that will allow visitors to push a button and this image will come up almost holographic-like, whereas the Black inventors are recreating a moment in time. In fact, that is the name of this program, a moment in time, a poignant moment in time. Imagine, if you will, Henry Baker sat at his desk for year after year after year trying to research past African-American inventors because USPTO does not keep record of the race of the inventors, right? And he was the longest running patent examiner who happens to be black. And he sat for years just researching and comprising this list. And it got to a point where it was really like very important to him to just get it, comprise it and finish it. Imagine if you will, I recreate that moment where he's at his desk and he puts down the very last name and he, you know, he reached that point of eureka and excitement. We're going to recreate that in a scrim. So customers can that. But more poignantly, one of the moments I'm going to recreate will be a moment in which we actually have word for word exactly how it happened. And that is the incident of Ellen Eglin, who in 1891 created and invented a clothes wringer that literally revolutionized the laundry industry. I know that sounds like a oxymoron you know, from yeah, way back exactly. then for the laundry industry, but it truly did because what it did, it allowed women to literally uh, allow them to have their clothes dry much quicker because the ringer, you would just hand crank and you get all the water out and you're hanging on the line, right? And so this ringer, she was encouraged not to patent it. Why? Because according to her own words, she says, well, you know, I am black. And she says, and it has been known that a colored woman invented this product. White women would not have purchased it. That is why I sold it for $18. She sold her invention for $18 to a white agent. He then licensed it to three other manufacturers and he got rich. She got $18. So my scram technology will recreate that moment where she was being interviewed eight years later for a short-lived women's magazine called Women Inventor. And she explained why she never invented her, her item. And she was a domestic servant from Washington, by the way, right? So she was accustomed to washing clothes. She, she knew the pain and the angst of trying to wring clothes and get them dry and all of that. And she simply wanted to improve her working environment. And this is really the motive for many inventors, white, black, or indifferent. This is the motive. You want to improve things. And yet she settled for a mere $18. So that's what I'm going to do within the halls. I'm also going to have a STEAM learning center. The STEAM learning center is going to be devoted to literally training the craft of STEM and introducing underserved kids to STEM. Primarily, it's going to focus on serving the underserved market, but all kids will be welcome. But we're going to have trainers there. We're going to have mathematicians there, engineers there, and so forth, training and teaching. Listen to this, tuition-free STEM courses. Oh, that's phenomenal. It's also going to have a um, maker station 
It's going to have an incubator for entrepreneurs, so because we're going to also teach entrepreneurial science. So for indiv individuals who may have an idea and they want to sort of take it over that whole arc of development, they can come there with 3D printers and whiteboards and the whole nine yards and work through that. Uh, it's going to have a theater. It's going to have a 250-seat theater. Why is that important? Because in addition to immortalizing the stories through material culture and, and writings and books and artifacts, it is also important to tell these stories through film and documentaries, right? And to also have scholars and speakers come in and speak on the subject of invention and so forth. So the theater will host all of these types of events as well. And... Uh, it's just going to be a remarkable time. Absolutely remarkable time. It's absolutely incredible what your your plans for the Hall of Fame is. And for our listeners, just so they know, this is going to be in Newark, New Jersey, correct? Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I had been pursuing Newark for better part of two years. And then a better opportunity had come up for me. So my board and I are looking at another um, opportunity. And I don't mind telling you what that is. It is actually West Orange, New Jersey. West Orange, New Jersey. And the significance to West Orange, New Jersey is twofold. One, it has as a city mantra where invention begins, right? And the reason why it has that is because it's the home of Thomas Edison and his museum. Uh, and so our museum will be in the same vicinity uh, about a mile, mile and a half away from the Thomas Edison Museum, and uh, an open campus, five, you know, five thousand, um, five acres, uh, where we have room to grow, and so forth. So, yeah, that's the future home of the uh, Black Inventors Hall of Fame Museum and Steam Learning Center. That's going to be incredible to watch. And I wanted to ask you because I know one of the things the Hall of Fame is already doing is this future Black Innovators Initiative. So can you tell us what this program is and how it aims to inspire and support the next generation of Black innovators? By all means, uh, back in 2021, when I did the induction ceremony uh, in Tulsa, I kicked off the Collegiate Challenge. And the Collegiate Challenge uh, initially was designed to appeal to HBCU schools. To, um, to introduce them to the notion of learning design thinking. And when they learn design thinking, then the students who are on you know, technology initiatives can then apply that to the challenge of, uh, of working on you know, problems from technology to societal problems. And so that initial challenge uh, uh, was held at that induction ceremony. So prior to the ceremony, I awarded um, the, the student, in fact, the young lady that won, her name is Star Oki. She has since gone on to do remarkable things. Uh, she's working in the area of math and just doing some tremendous things. Um, and then, um, so that's the collegiate challenge. And by the way, since then, I have opened it up to all schools, not just HBCUs, right? We have a special message for HBCUs that we try to appeal to because let's face it, those schools are still underfunded. Yeah, very much underfunded, yes. 
alternatives of all the things that they're trying to do to pull money away and, you know, and talking about the, the, the reverse discrimination and all of that, these schools are still majorly underfunded. Um, so, um, so I do the Collegiate Challenge annually. Then I'm also involved with STEM uh, programs with various other entities. One such example is one that's run by MIT uh, in conjunction with the National Society of Black Engineers and the Chicago STEM uh, organization, STEM City. And this is a program where students are learning how to design and build CubeSats, right? These small miniature satellites. And the thing that's significant about that, interestingly enough, is that it's a black uh, engineer by the name of April Erickson, who actually has a patent on what is regarded as one of the world's smallest satellites. She has a patent. She led, she led the team that actually designed and engineered and built uh, the smallest satellite. And she's a remarkable uh, lady. Uh, so those are the types of initiatives that I'm always, and I'm serving as a mentor to those students right now in this particular competition. So once the museum is built, Lisa, we will serve sort of as the uh, uh, a place where you can come and, 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 and actually do these competitions. We can host the competition. Yeah, that'll be awesome, right? Because you'll be able to bring people from all over. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's we want to be the beacon. We literally want to be the beacon to that level of activity, uh, because the truth of the matter is with the way technology is advancing from A.I., you know, to virtual reality and everything in between. Um, today's kids just need to be apprised, encouraged, supported and then mentored every step along the way. And that is uh, that's really the. The, the key drive, we do it for them. Uh, and, you know, that's just really what, what motivates me to continue to do what I'm doing. Now, that's fantastic. And I wanted to switch gears and ask you a little bit about your very first exhibit, which was entitled The Three Errors of African-American Invention Journey. And you did that in partnership with the USPTO in Alexandria, Virginia. Tell us a little bit about that first exhibit and working with the Patent Office. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. You know, when I was asked to exhibit, naturally I had to sort of pause and say, okay, what will the theme be? What, you know, what am I going to grab? What am I going to show? And then I had to think to myself, well, what is it you have to work with? And I suddenly came to the realization that what I have to work with is the material that I've been working with for years and years and years on the lecture circuit. 400 years of tremendous, amazing. I mean, our history is replete with just depths and depths and layers and layers of invention and innovation. So I thought to myself, okay, that's a lot to show, you know, in a two and a half day exhibit. How do you do that? And then I thought, well, you can do that over three distinct eras. And those eras are the early innovators, from the Onesimus to the Benjamin Montgomery's, to the Sams and the Neds, right? Even to the Benjamin Bannigers. These are all inventors from the 1700s all the way down to the past 1800s. And then I say, okay, well, now you got to do the second era. And that second era is classified as the golden era of innovation. And that is truly where this country right now 
became supreme and became really like the leaders in the whole Western world and the whole world in terms of technology and so forth. That golden era, that's where you had the Thomas Edison's and Alexander Graham Bell's and the Tesla's and the Sam Wars and all that. But the truth of the matter is you also had a full arsenal of black innovators during that time. And this is where you stumbled upon the Granville T. Woods and the Louis Latimer's and the Elijah J. McCoy's and the Jan Mazzellinger's and people like that and the Madam C.J. Walker's. So we have now the early era of innovation. We have now the golden era of innovation. How about present day, James? You can't leave them out. So we call the third panel the modern era, era of innovation. And that is where you have the Dr. Patricia Babs, you have the Dr. Gladys West, Catherine Johnson, Mark Dean, Lonnie Johnson, you know, Victor Lawrence, and so forth and so forth. And uh, so they are demonstrated in the third uh, era. So from these three eras, these three panels, you encompass the entire story of the African-American invention journey. And this is what I called it, the three eras of African-American inventor journey experience. And, and it's traveled, uh, it's been traveling all over the, the uh, Northeast. It started at the USPTO, and then it went to Centenary University in Hackettstown, New Jersey. It is presently at the Essex County College in Newark, New Jersey. At the end of this month is going to Princeton, and it will be on the uh, campus of Princeton at the uh, public library for the month of uh, February. And then after that, it will find its way uh, in Atlanta at the National Society of Black Engineers Conference. So, wow. Yeah. That sounds like an incredible exhibit. I mean, to I can only imagine how jam-packed of information is. That's a lot of information to cover over three years. It, it is. And the way we were able to do it, I don't mind telling your audience real quickly, we were able to do it because it's interactive. You can literally look at the panel, right? Identify a face and then look at the interactive screen, touch the screen because the screen matches what you see on the panel. You touch any face you want to and up pops a 90 second narration about that particular inventor the significance of the inventor and the, where it was born and, and everything else. So it's an it's interactive, uh, audible uh, system. It's just uh, at the kiosk. It's just amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and 90 seconds is just long enough to keep somebody's attention and then move on to something else. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very creative. And, you know, you mentioned before about the incubator and I, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously I mean, one of your incredible achievements has been uh, being an inventor yourself on on 20 patents. So tell us how the Hall of Fame's incubator aims to support and nurture innovative ideas. And do you plan on specific resources or programs for entrepreneurs once they get into the incubator? Mm -hmm. Well, the incubator will start by, first of all, housing all the necessary uh, furnishings and, and resources. Um, it will be a repository, one of information, so we'll have an extensive library uh, of materials on innovation. Then it will also have uh, a series of 3D printers, a series of whiteboards, and it will basically just be set up to encourage free thinking, open-minded thinking, and so forth. So in many respects, it'll be similar to uh, 
the incubators that you might find on Stanford University's at the IDEO school and at Princeton, where I'm a mentor, by the way, in the Princeton's Keller Center uh, program. Uh, and they have a great environment where students can just sit in a collaborative fashion and just work on these amazing projects, you know, and then have them manifested through presentations and pitch competitions and so forth. So we're going to adopt a very similar model. So our students will be encouraged to take their ideas and work it through that whole arc of development and then pitch it, right? And so we'll, we'll, we'll find slots for them to be allowed to pitch to venture capitalists and manufacturers and so forth and so forth, depending upon this specific industry. Uh, but yeah, it's going to take on all of those activities and more. And what we're going to aim for, Lisa, is state of the art. Uh, we'll spare no expense to get this incubator station right and then pull in the necessary resources to support it uh, and, and encourage. Uh, and I believe one of the strengths of our incubator is that students will have permanent mentors attached to them. In other words, once you're done, we don't just throw you out there and let you, you know, go on your own. Uh, you will be supported uh, every step along the way. That's, it sounds like it's going to be an incredible resource and, and the programming is going to be phenomenal and, you know, a lot going on in this Hall of Fame and we're all really excited to, to see it come to fruition. And, that leads me to ask as we're coming to the close here of the podcast, you know, for listeners who are, are listening to your tremendous goals and ambitions for the Hall of Fame, can you share with some ways that the community can actively contribute to really help you and your team, you know, make this the best it can be and help you get to your dream? Yes, I, I certainly will. I'll be delighted to share. Well, I'd like to put it out there. Anyone listening who has an interest in these specific areas from research to curating, right, to uh, artifact development and so forth, anyone interested in what's called the museology field, uh, reach out to me because I can certainly start to take inventory of that interest. I more than likely can dole out you know individual assignments to you and everything because i am right now in the collective mode on a daily basis i'm on the phone places all across the country from the henry ford museum of innovation in dearborn to the postal library and um in washington dc the postal museum rather you know to heritage organizations all over the country so i'm looking for volunteers and individuals who are just interested in researching who are interested in helping Black Inventors Hall of Fame locate and identify artifacts. Perhaps you even know of an inventor whose story needs to be told. So I need you to inform me of those things. So this is what we need. We need, we need uh, in many respects, foot soldiers who are willing to go out there, right, and, and pave the pavement to just help bring these stories to light. Um, also, uh, if you happen to be connected or know of any entity who'd be interested in helping support um, the museum, uh, you can go to our website and uh, right on the front page, it will direct you to a way in which you can help support uh, the museum financially. Uh, we are about to engage in a major fundraiser, uh, which will be in the late spring, early summer, and that's being spearheaded by the 
I don't mind uh, disclosing to the audience that's being spearheaded by the nation's one of the nation's largest black breweries by the name of Harlem Brewery. And I'm working with the sister Celeste Beatty. She's absolutely amazing. And her organization, along with Philip Merrill, who is uh, on my planning board, uh, we're going to put this major uh, fundraising uh, gator together. So, but that's how they can help. And then lastly, just get word out. Talk about it. Share what you've learned today with others and uh, and just, you know, stay at the wait because when this place opens up, it is, in fact, going to be a destination site. That's what we're anticipating. Well, we're really excited for it to open in 2026. And James, thank you so much for taking the time today and for all this really important work that you're doing to preserve the legacy, the memory, and the tremendous contributions of Black inventors throughout our country's history. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's an absolute pleasure. And, um, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure at the end of this, you'll indicate to just how to reach um, the museum. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, this has been an absolute honor uh, to sit here in your presence and answer these questions. And if anyone out there has any additional questions, please feel free to reach out to my um, direct email, uh, which I will give uh, to it's, uh, jhoward at byhop.org, B-I-H-O-F dot org. Well, thank you so much again, James. My pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. That wraps up this extremely insightful episode. A huge thank you to James Howard, the executive director of the Black Inventors Hall of Fame, for sharing the incredible work the Black Inventors Hall of Fame is doing to celebrate the legacy of Black inventors and inspire future generations. If you're interested in learning more about the Black Inventors Hall of Fame's initiatives or supporting their cause, check out their website at www.bihof.org. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us.